Hi, I'm Spout Podcast creator Phil Becker, and I just wanted to take a minute to thank you for being a part of unbelievably over 1 million downloads uh, on the Spout Podcast. So thank you so much for that. All of us here, that means a ton. Whether you listen to our very first episode with BTS or whether you're listening to this week's episode, to think that we're now at a million downloads is just so wonderful. So thank you for being a part of that. I was recently asked by someone, why'd you create the Spout Podcast? For me, it really started with a love for music from childhood, never knowing it would turn into this podcast where we interview some of the biggest artists in the world. But for me, as a child, the biggest artist in the world, hands down, I couldn't get enough of him, was Michael Jackson. I mean, I was a diehard Michael Jackson fan. I had the glove... I had the zipper jacket from Beat It. I had the thriller jacket. I was making Michael Jackson scrapbooks, collecting Michael Jackson cards. I couldn't get enough of Michael Jackson from off the wall to thriller to bad. So being a big Michael Jackson fan, I set myself deep into learning more about Michael and the famed Jackson family. And in that research as a 10-year-old boy, that's when I learned about his sister, Janet. Her name is Janet Jackson. My first exposure to who Janet Jackson was exactly was during the show Good Times, where she played the character Penny. And then years later, I saw her on Fame. And then years later, she was on one of my favorite shows, as well as his girlfriend, on different strokes. At the time, I knew that Janet was famous for her Vegas performances with her brother and then her acting career, but I didn't really get a sense of what her music was like until probably the Control album. Now, on that album, there's a line that is so infamous that it's still today the part of pop culture. No, my first name ain't Baby. Now, while I was into the Control album and I, and I liked a couple of the songs, it wasn't really until Rhythm Nation that I became pretty much as big of a fan of Janet as I was to Michael. The whole military look of Rhythm Nation was kind of similar to what you'd see Michael doing at some point in his career, but Janet was doing it her own way. From that album is where we got the famous... And you remember how like you'd have to do your hands and your fingers a certain way? Just a couple of weeks ago, actually, that caught back on on TikTok as people were actually doing the Rhythm Nation Challenge, trying to configure their hands exactly as Janet did in that video. That Rhythm Nation album was probably, I don't know, one of the first 15 or 20 cassettes I ever bought. I bought it from Coconuts on Grape Road in Mishawaka, Indiana. I'm telling you, I listened to that thing over and over. I started to notice some similarities between Janet and her famed brother. If you listen to the song Black Cat, you'll notice that there's kind of like a hard rock vibe. similar to that of Dirty Diana from Michael years before. Then I also noticed on the song Living in a World that Janet actually sort of 
reminded me what gratitude was as she talked about people that are struggling, very similar to many Michael Jackson songs from Man in the Mirror to Heal the World to We Are the World. Janet zeroed in on global problems and put that right there on the record. Now, fast forward a couple of years and Janet's taken off the Rhythm Nation hat and the earring with a key in it and given us an entirely new look on the cover of Rolling Stone. The cover of Rolling Stone, it was my idea. Uh, A lot of people thought that I was manipulated into doing that, but it was my idea. That was the cover that was heard around the world. And like everywhere I went, every guy that I knew had that Janet Jackson poster in their room. I remember my best friend from childhood, Shane, was going to Aquinas College and in his dorm room, right there when he opened the door, the cover of Rolling Stone with Janet. And all we would ever say to each other is like, whose hands do you think those are? Finding out years later that it was her husband, her quiet, secret, sort of not talked about husband, Renee. Now here we are, it's 1993, that Janet Rolling Stone cover is being talked about all over the world, and Janet then gets back into her acting lane when she does Poetic Justice with Tupac. I do look at at 93 as a a turning point for myself with with the film, doing my first film, uh, which has always been a dream of of mine to see my my big face on the big screen. (laughs) This was a John Singleton movie, and I was deep into John Singleton movies at that point, too, from Boys in the Hood to Poetic Justice. I was a huge Tupac fan. Tupac had just come off of Juice. And so here we are seeing Tupac as a love interest of Janet. And that sort of brewed up the whole thing that did they really have chemistry? Did they not? Even though Janet was married, what happened there? There's all kinds of rumors around the Internet if you ever want to look into that. But this was a time where Janet really zeroed in on acting as well as releasing a song from the soundtrack that became enormous. That's where we got the song again. Now around this time, Janet is thriving and Michael's focused on surviving. This was around the time that we had the first round of child abuse allegations. And so what starts to happen is Michael becomes more tabloid and Janet becomes more of the star. For months, the rumors and accusations captured headlines worldwide. Never before had so big of a star been accused of so bad of a crime. Now, at that point, I'm sure there was somebody in Janet's camp that were like, you should distance yourself from your brother. And she actually did the exact opposite. Now, for me, my worlds collided in 1995 because on the same song and the same music video, we had Michael and Janet with Scream. That song kept Michael back in the public eye, let us focus a little bit on his music as opposed to the allegations, and Janet just kept it pushing again with another killer album. At this point from Janet, we get Velvet Rope. What's, what's the next song? The one about me. Now, one of my favorite things about that album is this is when Janet began to infuse hip-hop more and more into her music, in particular collaborating with Q-Tip for the song Got Till It's Gone. There's a lot of good classic overlooked Janet songs on the Velvet Rope if you haven't listened. I 
going to fast forward a couple of years to 2001, where I actually had the chance, this is crazy, to go to a dinner with Janet Jackson as she promoted her album, All For You. This dinner was in Chicago, and the concept of the dinner was really cool. There were five tables of five people, so 25 people in total, and it was a five-course meal. And at each one of the courses, Janet would come and sit with your table and talk and eat with you. Maybe you were at the cocktail table, or you were at the salad table, or you were at the appetizer table, or the entree table, or the dessert table. Whichever one you were assigned, there were actually six seats. Five seats for guests, one seat for Janet. Janet would come over, she'd sit down with you, you could ask her questions, you could ask her about the album. She actually had a real sort of warmth to her where she wanted to know as much about the people she was sitting with as people that were sitting with would want to know about her. So here I am sitting at an overpriced hotel in Chicago, eating dinner with Janet Jackson. Now, if you would have told me when I was at Coconuts Records buying the Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation tape that in 2001 I'd be sitting there having dinner with her, I, I would have never believed you. And this is at the same time that she's dating Jermaine Dupri. Now, I'm a big hip-hop fan, too. So I look over, and there's Jermaine Dupri just hanging out, letting Janet have her moment. As you're having dinner, the new album is playing. She's talking about the different songs on there. And then um, out comes the photographer where everyone gets to do photos with Janet. And I'm telling you, if I showed you this picture, she lights up when that camera comes out at a level that is like unprecedented. The million dollar smile. People see this photo and they say to me, you guys look like your best friends. And I'm like, yeah, all, all we had was a salad together, but it was awesome. Now the All For You album is out. Janet's out on tour and she does something on stage that I would have thought would be her biggest on stage moment. If you went to that tour and you saw her perform the song, Would You Mind? That's the point where she brings a fan up on stage and performs a lap dance for them to the song. By the way, that's the same performance that inspired the Normani Tiana Taylor lap dance at the 2021 VMAs. Janet was the creator of all of that. So Janet's out on tour. She's doing the all for one thing. She's truly on top of the world. How do you get any bigger than Janet Jackson at this point? Well, what you do is you do halftime at the Super Bowl. The FCC received more than 500,000 complaints about that broadcast. CBS was fined $550,000. And then the NFL was asked to refund the $10 million that they had been given to the halftime show sponsor. That was a Super Bowl performance that we didn't talk about, though, for the same reason that I would have talked about it as a big Janet fan. We talked about it for obviously what happened during the wardrobe malfunction with her and Justin Timberlake. Now, seeing that the Super Bowl was just a couple of days ago, the timing on this podcast that I want to tell you about is incredible. It's the Even the Rich podcast, Janet Jackson versus the Halftime Show. If you're not familiar with Even the Rich, it's a Wondery podcast that pulls the curtain back on the lives of the rich and famous and takes a peek into that wild world of celebrity. Now, like I said, this most recent episode takes a look at not only Janet's historic music career, but that infamous halftime performance that almost derailed her career. See, what happened was... In a fateful, split-second moment at the 2004 halftime show, Janet's life 
and career took a dramatic turn. If you're a Janet fan like me, a football fan, a pop culture fan, someone who likes to study the influence of the media, the Wondery podcast, even the rich, Janet vs. the Halftime Show, looks back at her iconic career and really the moment where we created the term wardrobe malfunction. And there's a lot of things about that halftime show that you might remember, but there's a lot of things that people have forgotten. So I want to play you a preview of Even the Rich, Janet vs. the Halftime Show. Now, while you're listening, follow Even the Rich on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Spotify, or you can even listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Let's take a moment, go back to 2004, the Super Bowl halftime show with Janet Jackson. This episode contains references to physical abuse and disordered eating that some listeners may find triggering. Oh, and there may be a few language malfunctions. Please be advised. It's February 1st, 2004. At the Reliance Stadium in Houston, Texas, thousands of fans are losing their But Janet Jackson, she's in the zone. It's Super Bowl Sunday, you know, the most important night of the year in American television. And Janet is the halftime headliner. The pressure is on and the air is thick with excitement. The stadium is full to the brim with eager fans and 144 million people are watching at home from their living rooms. This just might be the biggest audience Janet's ever had. She can feel their energy vibrating through her body as she gets ready to take the stage for the second time tonight. She's already performed her mega hit, All For You. Now, she's waiting for her cue to start her second number. As the headliner, she's closing out the show, too. On stage, Nelly is performing his hit song, Hot In Here. He grips a mic in one hand and his crotch in the other as he vamps for backup dancers dressed as cheerleaders. They sing, I am getting so hot, I'm gonna take my clothes off, then rip off skirts to reveal tiny white hot pants. Moments later, Kid Rock performs with women in wet t-shirts waving giant American flags. God bless America. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Janet watches from the monitors backstage and chuckles to herself as she slips into her next costume. Of all the artists performing tonight, she knows the CBS execs think she's the safe choice. Nelly and Kid Rock get to be raunchy, but that's not what she's here for. In fact, she's so safe that she's closing out her next song with none other than squeaky clean up-and-comer Justin Timberlake. He's really getting his paws all over these stories, isn't he? He's getting his paws all over everything. Yep. CBS wants a halftime show that will be irresistible to teens and young adults. And that means the biggest stars of the TRL generation, hence Justin. But Janet doesn't mind. Right now, she feels like she's on top of the world. For her, the stage is a safe space. This is where she's at her best. Off stage, she's introverted, awkward even. I mean, she's struggled for years with depression, body dysmorphia, and even a string of abusive relationships. But on stage, she's untouchable. Performing makes her feel practically transcendent. As the youngest member of her famous family, she always felt overlooked and ignored. I mean, it's hard to stand out in a family full of stars. 
People assume things come to Janet easily, but she knows better. She's had to fight and claw her way to the top of the music industry. And it was hard, but she made it. This performance is her victory lap. That's why now, in this high-stakes moment, she's totally zen. On stage, Kid Rock's set fades out. The stadium lights dim, and electric blue spotlights scan the screaming crowd. It's go time. Balloon banners snap in the mild Texas breeze. Backup dancers drape themselves over the stage like trapeze artists, writhing to the opening bars of Rhythm Nation. As the beat kicks in, Janet puts her game face on. She rises from below the stage, looking like a vampire fetish queen dressed head to toe in shiny black PVC. There's this hint of red lace around her cleavage. She might be fully covered, but Janet knows how to keep her fans wanting more. The crowd goes wild at the sight of her. Everything is going exactly the way she planned. At least until the beat of Justin's single, Rock Your Body, rises and he joins her on stage. Janet breathes a sigh of relief. The hard part is over. Is that a foreshadow I smell? (sighs) You're damn right it is. (laughs) The backup dancers fade away, and now it's just the two of them commanding the crowd. Janet struts across the stage while Justin chases after her like a starving lapdog. She makes him look good. And more importantly, she's having a blast. Janet's totally in her element. There's no way tonight could have gone any better. Finally, she and Justin come together. It's right about time for the little surprise they planned together backstage. As the song ends, Justin reaches over and tugs hard on the top of Janet's black bustier. It's almost as if it happens in slow motion. Janet's adrenaline spikes. Panic overtakes her. Something is very wrong. For a fraction of a second, the world stops as her entire right breast is exposed on national television. She scrambles to cover herself and protect her modesty. But it's too late. 144 million Americans have already seen the shiny silver nipple shield she's wearing under her costume. At her shoulder, Justin just stares, slack-jawed as fireworks explode behind them. Then, the lights go dark. It's the end of the halftime show. And when America wakes up the next morning, all anyone can talk about is the end of Janet Jackson's career. Isn't that incredible how they reflected on that? There, there's so many things I forgot about that. You know, how all of a sudden we had we had Nelly and we had Kid Rock and we had Justin Timberlake all on the stage. But really all we remember is Janet and Justin and the wardrobe malfunction. To hear the rest of this awesome Even the Rich podcast, Janet Jackson versus the Super Bowl, go listen now wherever you find your podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of the Spout Podcast. Thank you for being a part of our 1 million downloads. And maybe even someday, Janet Jackson will spout off on the Spout Podcast. Spout.